This is the Living Max Health Podcast. We are so happy to have you here, where we're talking about the principles, the practice, the mindset, and the strategies for living healthy and aging better. I have a very special guest today with me here, Mr. Ken Newville from uh, Newville of Health. He's going to tell us his story and talk a little bit about what it takes for you to actually achieve your goals in the real world, in, in, in this world, in the 21st century, right now what it is that you need to do. And so we're gonna be looking at those strategies and definitely engage in this conversation because all of these pieces that I'm putting in place here are things that you're gonna need in order to be able to achieve your goals. So we're so happy to have Ken here. Welcome. Oh, it's good to be here, Brad. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So, so tell us a little bit about your story, how you came to be, and um, get us started here with, uh, with our understanding. Yeah, you bet, I'd be happy to. You know, my story started about eight years ago. Um, I was uh, working, uh, just coming out of actually having a, a, form of, a former business when I was in the finance industry. And so I was shutting that business down. That, that industry had got me quite unhealthy. I was not feeling my best. I gained a lot of weight. I was actually- uh, Because you weren't active. I was, you were... I was hitting the desk, you know, it was desk hours, working late hours, uh, trying to build this, trying to build this business. Right. Uh, very stressful environment. Um, the market was doing whatever it was doing financially at the time, which wasn't the greatest. And so I was dealing with a lot of stressors that I was kind of new to. I just wasn't used to dealing with those types of stressors. And I wasn't used to being behind a desk and living in a desk environment for so many years. Prior to me being in that business for seven to eight years, I came out of the military where I was able to kind of keep my health together by movement. I was just act, act very active. What, what, um, what branch of the military? I was in the army. In the army. Yes. Okay. For how many years? Were you I there? did uh, twelve years. Twelve years in yeah. the army. Congratulations. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> thank you for your service. You're welcome. Glad you made it out <laughs> safely and in one piece. So you get out of the army. You've been super active, and yeah. now you're in this this uh, financial cor corporate environment, yeah. and uh, start putting on the LBs. Yeah. And you know what was interesting was I was putting on uh, putting on weight. However, I was still doing the best I could do with getting to the gym eating appropriately, whatever that was at the time, uh, that had been working for me. However, it wasn't serving me any longer, and that became apparent. Um, the day that we found out, my wife and I found out that we were pregnant with our first child. We had actually uh, blown past the first trimester. We were now in the second trimester when we got notice, hey, you're pregnant. And we're like, oh, <laughs> we are, awesome. Life's about to change yeah. here. Life's about to change right now. And that night, I had a minor heart attack. Um, I was up doing what I was normally doing at that time, which was stress eating. It was a good day to stress eat, uh, by the way, just finding out you know our whole life was gonna change in a matter of about six months. Um, so you're how old at this time? 38. At 38, you yes. had a heart attack? Yes. Wow, okay. Um, so I had a heart attack that, had a heart attack that night yes. by myself while my wife was asleep uh, in the room, and uh, it was minor. Because I'm still here, <laughs> but I got up from that incident and realized, you know, I got a problem. Called my doctor, um, talked to my doctor about it. He was very frank with me. You know, you need to get your life together. You need to make a change. I was over 270 plus pounds at the time. Wow. Um, and there was the proof in the pudding that I was not living the life I needed to be living. So, did you have any warning sign at all? Anything that showed up that? maybe led you to believe that you had a cardiovascular problem at all? You know, when I think back on it, I do remember having some tightness of chest over a period of time that I kind of just shoved off. You know, like, uh, it looked a little tight. Or from time to time, I'd have a bit of heart palpitation that was a little irregular, right? And I'm like, you know, you just kind of knock it off, no big deal. And you keep going about your day because, well, you're kind of, because well, that's what realistic. people do. They, yeah. they ignore their body. They're not paying attention to signs and signals and things that their body's telling them. Absolutely. And they're not looking in the mirror. They're not looking in the mirror and going, what's happening to me here? I'm, I'm, I'm eating and I'm growing. and Yeah. Um, I had all those problems. Um, and, and then there's also just the, the bit of it can't happen to me kind of thing, right? I think most of us think we're pretty bulletproof. And this body of ours does a great job at dealing with what we, whatever we throw at it for a long time. Yes. You know, so there I was, I dealt with it. I got up from the floor, went to the bathroom, came back, sat on the couch, uh, did some prayer. Had a, 
had a come to Jesus yeah. moment. I went, some prayer. <laughs> I went into some prayer. And uh, at that point, you know, the very next day, I started making change. Um, okay. Beautiful. Now, I think the interesting thing was I didn't really know how to change. So, you know, the next day I started coming up with a plan. You know, I definitely wanted to put some things on paper, which I think is really important. So, so paint the picture one more time. So, so you're sitting there, you're 100 pounds overweight. Tell me a little bit about what was going on in your lifestyle at that particular time. Oh, I was eating five to six times a day, okay. something that I thought was healthy. I've been okay. doing that for many years. Like what? What were you eating? Um, I was eating a lot of processed foods at the time because I didn't have time to prepare food. So I would buy uh, frozen meals, which I thought were going to be my kind of way out of doing something decent. And trust me, I was getting like very little grains, um, lots of you know vegetables in it, maybe like a little chicken or whatever. Right. Um, so I, I, I'd buy these meals 20 at a time. I could take these to two or three of those to work. I haven't even had some protein shakes I was taking. Mind you, I'm still getting bigger, right? Nothing's like healthy. Right. And I've been doing that systematically for quite a period, a long period of time. Mm -hmm. I was taking supplements from uh, Vitamin Shop, you know, didn't feel like those problems. I was having protein bars. Um, all that stuff was kind of part of my life. I had adopted that lifestyle while I was in the military. It was something that kind of helped me out when I was on travel quite a lot. I was deployed a lot in the military, probably average of 200 plus days a year. Right. And, you know, I think a lot of people do that. They go to the store and they're, they're shopping the aisles and they think they're making good decisions or they're like, I mean, I'm eating healthy. Right. Right. I'm, I, I had a bowl of pasta last night and I'm yeah. whatever, whatever <laughs> So, you know, not to, not to rag on people who are eating pasta, but understanding that certain foods are going to take you where you want to go yes. and certain foods are not. That's right. That is the absolute truth. Um, so, you know, I was also, I drank. I was probably, I was, I was definitely drinking alcohol at the time. What I what most would consider normal, right? You know, wine, glass of wine here, there, maybe a little bit over the weekends. And, you know, so you don't really think much about that. But I think it's the accumulative opportunities that we have with toxicity and various types of preservatives and things of that nature that are in the food that they clog your filter over time. And so the body does not perform the way you intended it to perform. Um, that was basically a lot of my life, not to mention, you know, my workouts just weren't as intense. I was not as committed to them. I mean, as between I when you were in the military and mm -hmm. when you had gained all that weight. Sure, sure. Um, but, you know, I was going three times a week. I was still hitting the gym. I was still doing the cardio. It just wasn't all, all that effective, you know, for me. So I was doing the same things and getting horrible results um, and I also you know I like to think of think back on my mentality at the time too I was highly stressed emotionally you know so having a lot of emotional stress around business and just the environmental factors that were going on at the time you know just the state of the world I took too much on in, in that sense too which I think also has a very viable play in one's health you know the mental capacity the mental and spiritual capacity that we possess um, and its disposition in correlation to the rest of what our physical nature is undergoing is very critical. It has to find, it all has to be balanced. It all has to play like an orchestra. Mine was not. It was a very bad garage band um, at the time. <laughs> it was not good at all. There was, there was a study that I was reading that was talking about how they took two groups of people and they fed them exactly the same. And one group they fed eight, they had them sleep eight hours a night. Mm -hmm. And the other group they had sleep five hours a night. And the group that slept eight hours a night actually lost 50% more fat oh, than the group that, that slept five hours mm -hmm. a night. People don't realize how critical some of these elements are to our overall well-being. And sometimes it's just literally a matter of sleeping more is actually going to help you get to your goal faster. Oh, my gosh. That's such a huge one. I, you know, sleep is so critical. I was not sleeping well uh, in those years. Um, I was often disturbed at night. I was, uh, you know, you hear a lot of people waking up at two o'clock in the morning. I was waking up every night at two o'clock in the morning, not even needing to go to the restroom, just kind of awake. Um, so I was often disturbed sleep. I often got up a little groggy, and um, and I'm normally the kind of guy I'm a get up and go guy. Like I get up and go. I don't lay around in bed like let's go back today. Let's go have fun. Back then you were even a get up and go guy. Yeah, I was still pushing myself. Right. Do that. 
Because you have the, the, the military yes. mindset, so you're still at it. Yeah, okay. mental fortitude, physical, was another thing. So I'm grabbing for the first stimulant I can get my hands on, you know, overdosing on caffeine uh, throughout the day. I remember at one point I was, um, I even tried the five-hour five energy shots, like they were getting hot at the time. Right, And right. so I was like, oh, let me try this thing. You know, it's the middle of the day, I want another boost, you know. Instant migraine. <laughs> Which I had battled migraines since I was 11 years old. And, you know, I'm, I'm pleased to say I haven't had much problems with migraines in about seven years once I made my lifestyle, my lifestyle shift. Mm -hmm. So it was definitely chemically induced, right? It was definitely right. nutrition deficiencies that were happening in my body um, that brought upon the, uh, <laughs> the episodes of migraines. So we've got a migraine, we've got a, a, a heart attack at 38, we've got, you know, I'm 100 pounds overweight. So what was the thing that began to change for you? So you had the wake-up call of, yeah. the, of the heart attack, but it's one thing to get started with something. It's another to actually keep going. Oh, and yeah. I think that a lot of what happens with people is they're like, you know, January 1st comes along and they join the gym and they want to get going. They're super excited to be able to do it. And then... They fizzle out. Oh yeah. So, what was it for you that actually changed your 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 mindset and your direction and allowed you to get to where you are now? Failure. Failure changed my direction. When I think about what was the biggest catalyst was the first ninety days of me making that shift. It was a lot of failure that happened. Um, failure in the workouts aren't working. Failure in lack of commitment. I would give up. On certain days just like you know what I just don't feel like doing it right um, but then finding a little bit more spark because I had a, I had a very good motivator you know I think everyone has to have a goal and a deadline in order to truly achieve what they're trying to get out of life um, no matter what it is and so I had a deadline and that deadline was my, my son's birth I wanted to be at a certain weight by time he arrived I had five months to get it right and so every time I stumbled and failed, I had a reason to get up. I had a reason to grab a hold of something, establish a new foothold, to give it another shot. And so I had about a 90-day 90 90 period when I first got going that it was a lot of stumbling, a lot of crumbling, a lot of ups and downs. Um, at one point, I was doing two-a-day workouts, um, like I was back in the military, um, grueling workouts, like one and a half hours. So I was spending about three hours working out a day. Not much, not much was happening. I was getting faster. I, you know what I see? I see people going into the gym, yeah. and they're a good 100 or more pounds overweight, and they are working so hard oh, yes. on that treadmill, trying, thinking that that's the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Thinking that's right. Like, this is the way. Like, this is what my body should be doing. I should right, be right. punishing my body. Like, literally, I think that's what most people think of when they go into this rapid... Uh, goal chasing opportunity with weight management is the first thing I'm going to do is kick my own butt, right? In this process, and and if I work harder, yeah, it's going to get me to where I want to go. Exactly. Yeah. And so I was beating myself to senseless. It was senseless what I was doing. I was coming out of the workouts like completely drenched, giving all the effort that I have. Um, literally, sweats coming out of my shoes. It's embarrassing. You know, there's also the shame part of this thing when you're not feeling your best or looking your best. You know, going to a gym in itself, you have the shaming opportunity that you're putting on yourself. Most people would be care less about you, but it's internally what you're dealing with. In fact, most people are cheering you on, like, like to, to not succeed. No, they're cheering you on to like do it. Oh, I think oh, most I people in the like I, I deal with clients on a regular basis who are like, I don't want to go to the gym because I feel like everybody's shaming me. But what I've learned is most people in a gym are all about getting results and seeing people win. Right. They want to see you do well. Right, right. No one's there to look at you. Right. Everybody's there to work on themselves. Right. They may not be they may not be clapping yeah. their hands and jumping up and down, but they're still in their mind. They're they're saying, Good for you. Yeah. Way to go. That's yeah. right. Awesome. And so, you know, I realized that when I, I saw a few people that came up to me once I started getting things dialed in right, after this first ninety days, and I'll get to that, that were like, Man, you made a lot of change. Man, we've seen you work so hard. It's great, it's really inspiring. That's when you realize that you know, part of your health is not just about you. There's so many of us that need motivation and need inspiration that if you take that, you put on that rucksack of inspiration, if you will, and understand that you have, as a human, a responsibility to another human to be an example, right? Because there's so many of us failing. 
this thing called health. Very, you know, very bad. But you know, back to that first ninety days, um, I was working out, doing the, you know, cardio like crazy, hitting the weights, but not much really happened. I think I may in ninety days drop about fifteen pounds, which okay. not too bad, but for the Sorry, effort I was putting in, sure, sure, and the 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 joint pain I was dealing with, I injured my foot on the way. You know, because I wasn't, I was pounding my body to death. Um, so I was putting a lot of pressure on my cardiovascular system, a lot on my skeletal system. And, and that's was, even after a heart attack, right? Yes. You know that your heart's already yeah. stressed and now you're trying to push it harder. Oh, yeah. Again, somehow we're going to lift, lift those weights or we're going to move our body in such a way that it's going to make my heart stronger. Yeah, this is going to make it better. Uh, so I was putting myself at more risk, you know, for that time. And so... I, I, re I realized I wasn't really getting where I wanted to go. I've been journaling uh, my, my path at that point. I felt like I needed that, needed to kind of reflect on what I was doing and also tracking what I was doing because if you want results, you need to track. Right. Right. So I did the tracking. I got an app, you know, I didn't have an application. I was doing old school stuff on paper, you know, at the time and then um, learned about calorie counting. And I think mm -hmm. around that time, my fitness pal was still in beta mode. Right? I don't think it was actually an application yet. I think the app came out shortly thereafter on the phone, but you could get online. And so I got on, I learned about it, calorie counting. I said, you know, I should count my calories. I've never done that in my life. Let me investigate that. So I, I started doing that. And yeah, that kind of helped a little bit, but not much. What really helped me out of my fitness pal was the forums, was where I was able to interact with some people that were doing things I've never heard of. And so there was this one particular gentleman, I can't remember his name, unfortunately, right now, who was a very adamant person about what he would not eat. Like, I will never eat this again. I will never do that. This is garbage. And all that. This, this guy was on fire high about, you know, very passionate about his disposition in correlation to how he was intaking foods and how he was working out and how he had changed his life in a year. Like, it was completely different. And... I tracked him for a while and just thought him kind of just eccentric. Like this guy's kind of nuts. Right, right. <laughs> and then one day I was like, "So okay, man, what's your problem with rice? Like really, what's the deal?" <laughs> and you know that kind of got his got his attention, and we became uh, messaging friends very shortly thereafter. And then he pointed me to some materials to read. He was like, "You know, I can't really get into all of it because I'm not like a genius on this stuff. But here's a couple of books I read, and he gave, you know gave me some references." And I was like, oh, that's a great idea. Why don't I read up on trying to fix my body and fix my fix myself? So, so what did so what did you read? The first book, um, I believe it was uh, Mark Sison's um, Primal Blueprint, mm -hmm. right? And so that one, that book really opened me up, and I read it feverishly. Well, probably within a week, I was done with that book, and I read it again on a uh, trip that came up shortly thereafter. My wife just me and my wife were doing road trips, visiting family and things of that nature. And I was like, you gotta, you gotta hear what I'm reading about. Like, this stuff is crazy. Like, we've never been taught to eat this way. We've never been taught about this type of science anywhere in our upbringing or in school. And we're, we're really 180 out from this. And so my wife is a very slender woman, beautiful, gorgeous uh, bride of mine. And she doesn't have the outward appearance of health um, not working out for her, right? She looks good. But on the inside, she was dealing with, I was dealing with on the inside because we were eating the same stuff, right? right? And right. so that just, you know, I talk a lot about that with my clients, like, you know, just because someone looks a certain way doesn't mean they're, they're healthy. We, our bodies are all right. different and we respond to different things in different ways. I said the scariest people are, are thin people who can't see the problem. Right. And so they're harboring a lot of pain inside and they never talk about it, and most people reverse shame them because, well, you're, what are you worried about? You're, yeah. you're thin. I mean, there's they don't people don't realize that there's something <clears throat> called skinny fat. Yeah, right. You can be you can be super thin, and actually be obese on the inside, Absolutely. and have your arteries clogged, and have diabetes, and all sorts of different things. Absolutely. Um, so I read that book, and I'll tell you what, it really shifted my whole uh, disposition on food. Um, very shortly after that book, I can't remember what was the next book I read. I think it was actually Dr. Moraine's book on paleo, right? So I wanted to compare and contrast to see where Mark Tyson was coming from with his philosophy, 
to, uh, to that doctor's philosophy. And I ended up making the, making the shift. You know, I was very blessed, you know, living up in the, in the uh, Alexandria, Virginia area, that when I started to seek out whole foods, I went directly to the source. I was like, you know what? I'm going to farmers to get my food. I'm, I'm, I'm like pulling out of the grocery store thing. Sure. And so it was very lucky to find, even in the city, which I tell people, do not think just because you live in a large city that you can't get access to farmers, especially nowadays. I'm talking eight years ago, I was able to get to Joel Salatin by stumbling over another farmer who couldn't serve my needs. He was like, well, maybe you'll check out, go check out Joel. And I'm like, well, who's this guy? And they're like, oh, you never heard of this guy? I'm like, I don't know about him. I'm like new in this whole world. They're like, here's one of his books. And next thing you know, these guys like written like, I don't know, eight or 10 books at the time. Omnivore's Dilemma yeah. and all sorts of things. He's actually, um, Joel Salatin is actually his, he has a farm called Polyface Farms, yes. which is in Southern Virginia. And uh, if you're not familiar with them, he, they, they did grass-fed meats and uh, sustainable ra uh, raised agriculture for 30 years now. It's been a yeah. really long time. Yeah, and, and his family prior, you know, so I was, you know, luckily, you know, Joel had this distribution system that would, he had pickup points all around Maryland, D.C., and Virginia. And so I plugged I in. I wish I would have known about him then. Yeah, I, pl I plugged in, and it was a blessing because, you know, next thing you know, we're buying a deep freezer. We were in a high-rise condo. Didn't really have a space for one, so we created space for it, like kind of um, maneuvered into one of our hallway closets. And now we had a place to store all our meats. And it was hilarious because we get this huge shipment of meats in from Joel, and we lay it all out. I put a big blanket down on the, in the living room floor, lay it all out, organize it. It was a ritual, but we felt so blessed and we could see the instant change by removing that level of toxicity from our bodies, just in sourcing our meats a certain way. Um, you know, the first time we, we cooked ground beef, we went, this is really different. What's different? You start off with a pound of meat and you end up with a pound of meat. You don't start off with a pound of ground beef and end up with half a pound of ground beef and a slew of stuff. Liquid, right. liquid goo that's in there with it, right? Right. And so I'm like, well, that's got to be a, a good a good change, and it was a very good change for me. Long story short, between that point in time where I had only lost about 15 pounds, right? In the next three months, I lost like I was 70 pounds down total. So that's like 55 pounds in the next three months. In the next three months, just right. fell off. I didn't work it off. I didn't pound it off. I didn't beat it off. In fact, I dialed back my workouts because I couldn't sustain the two of them, right? Um, I started working out smarter. So I started learning about, um, you know, metabolic. I started learning about hormones. I started learning about infl inflammation along with toxicity. You know, so sourcing foods locally from farmers, asking them the right questions to know how they raise their food, whether they were growing vegetables or they were growing meats, um, coming off of inflammatory foods, just drop them like a bad habit, which wasn't that hard for me, right? I'm not a big bread eater, so that wasn't a big deal for me. I was like, oh, bread. Now, tortilla chips, on the other hand, I'm, I'm from Austin, Texas. <laughs> so, so tortilla I think you're made of tortilla chips. Yeah, so I am. Go. Yeah, <laughs> tortilla chips and salsa, my favorite snack all day long, any day. I will eat those as much as I can. So that was a little difficult for me, but then learning how to replace that with other types of alternatives. And now there's so many to be able to avoid grains. I mean, you've got bean chips now, and cassava flour chips now. There's so many options. It doesn't mean that they're actually all that great for you, but a little less inflammatory. It gives right. you another opportunity to fit sure. some things into your, into your diet. Well, and you know, especially with, with things like corn, which have high, there's a lot of corn in this country, which is genetically modified. Yes. And people don't understand that what you can't see actually can hurt you. And, and one of the conversations that I have with my patients is that, you know, there are engineers right now trying to figure out how to get more junk food into oh, your body. Absolutely. And so if we're not aware of that and we're shopping the aisles and we're looking at, even if you're, let's say the first step is you start to read labels and you're going through the store and you're reading the labels. Well, sometimes what it is that you're seeing is not healthy. It sounds like it could be healthy, but if you can't pronounce it and it does not make sense, 
likelihood is that's that's an engineered food. Yeah. So yeah. yes, or partially engineered. Partially they've engineered got so food, many ways they want to swing it these <laughs> right, days. Right, right. You know, so um, you know, in reading labels and then understanding that if you're reading lots of labels, you're probably not eating, you're probably not eating whole food. Because whole food doesn't have many labels on it at all. Right. One. Yeah. It's like <laughs> steak. It's like potato. It's like corn. Whatever it is, right? right. It's not right. like all this extra stuff. So really sourcing your foods and be willing to do the work. That's the part that people misinterpret when they shift into a lifestyle of trying to dial things in from a nutrition stand standpoint is you're going to have to make some changes if you really want this to work for yourself. You're going to have to cook. You're gonna have to get into by work. Yeah, you're gonna to have to do that work. You're gonna to have to uh, go to a different place to shop. You're gonna to have to get out of routine, um, and that's okay. That's a that's a good thing to do because your needs are not being met in those places where you're currently sourcing your food-like items. Okay, and you need to get to real whole food opportunity and whole whole food nutrition, and that took a little bit of learning, but it became so important. I remember when we moved to the Charlotte area that before I even got here, I did my, I did a recon, right? So I was actually seeking out people on Facebook and Meetup that were already into a certain way of eating that aligned with the way that I ate at the time and finding out what resources that they were using that were local. Who were the farmers that they were working with and why were they working with them? How long have they been working with them? It was that important to me to be able to understand that, right? There's so many great, I mean, eatwild.com is a great website for people. Eat wild. Eat wild. Eat wild. Com okay. Will tell you, it, they map out the entire nation of all the farmers around you. So if you live in some place in Wisconsin or you're in San Francisco, it doesn't matter. They'll tell you all the local resources there and what they serve and how they serve them. What would you say to the um, the, the research world or the common? What am I trying to say here? The common kind of messaging that eating meat is bad for you, it's gonna clog your heart, mm. that you're you're better off with a vegetarian diet, um, uh, that you, you know, and again, they don't talk so much about processed foods. Yes. It's more about kind of the, the, you know, they talk about cholesterol, they talk about other things. So what would you say to those people who, because I think, the, the truth is that I think that there's confusion in the market as it relates to food. Yes. People don't understand foods. We hear these terms, whole foods. We talk, we hear about paleo, and I'm like, well, I don't want to eat that much meat. Yeah. And yes. You know what I'm saying? Oh, so, yeah. so I think that as an individual, if you're overweight, you're trying to lose weight, you're trying to figure out which foods are going to help you or not help you, speak maybe a little bit about that and maybe the um, – the clients you've worked with and because I can't imagine everybody has done the exact same plan they do different things yes they have to do different things because people are at different stages you know first and foremost and you know, it's all about the body's ability to um, get the nutrients in actually absorb them in the first place so when we think about nutrition I don't actually start with you know you know all the vitamins and minerals and how is the machine is the machine prepared to even receive Nutrition, meaning the human body yes. or what that what human body, body like, is in, right? Like, are, is your digestive tract ready? Is you know, are, are you having, are you showing signs in your body that you are already infested with um, overgrowth of yeasts or fungus um, that are also disturbing nutrient absorption? Are you having gastronomical issues? You know, are you in pain? Are you even able to go to the bathroom? Are you defecating a couple of times a day or at least once a day? Or are you, or is it taking you two to three days? For that to get how toxic are you right because a lot of times it's a cellular toxicity load that's really keeping people held back you know it's not always about the food and i think we get so focused like you said on the foods right. that we forget that we have um a, a, you know the human biome that we have to worry about to get in balance as well and food plays a part in that right so meat <clears throat> i think meat is being it's been, de it's been demonized. Oh my so gosh! Much. <laughs> it's um, you know, I find it very strange how overnight someone can be like, "Yeah, I'm having a 16 ounce T-bone steak and it's awesome," and then tomorrow they're like, "I will never eat meat again." And 
because this has got me, you know, not so healthy, but maybe you just ate too much. You know, I'll give you an example. Or, or maybe you didn't eat the best quality meat, and so you're eating, and it's too fatty, and it's processed, and yeah. the animal is fed corn or grains yes. or, or some other uh, toxic thing that you're then ingesting, as opposed to, like you were saying, uh, with Joel Salatin, you know, it's, it's grass-fed, it's clean. There are people that are actually paying attention to their food. Yeah, they're not doping their animals, right? So, you know... We are what we eat, so if the animal gets doped, you get doped. If you eat genetically modified foods, you get genetically modified, right? So we have a lot of GMO people walking around right now who've been genetically modified and are having all types of dysfunction and disruption in the body. But meat has just been overly bashed, in my opinion. What we really need to get down to is sustainably raised food, right? Sustainably raised meats that aren't denatured, right? That's why you're not going to get this on a large scale. Don't expect it. It's not out there. So if you're expecting to go to Costco and get like the most awesome grass-fed meats, you're not going to get it. It's not scalable at this point. What's right. scalable I mean, is working point, with small farmers. At this farmers. point, um, I think that it's 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 it can be costly. Yes. And the fact is, I always tell people that there's two things that you need in order to be able to get healthy: time and money. Absolutely. And you're you have to be willing to invest some into your food source and if, if you're not doing that and you're just kind of doing the bare minimum or you're just buying the cheapest thing on the shelf mm -hmm. it's very very hard to achieve your goals yeah you're not going to get there you're not going to get there cheaping out um you can actually get there being economical right making stronger decisions i couldn't afford john uh, joe salton's meats when i got into it but i bought in bulk so i could afford it when i was able to see i could get the price per pound down to like five dollars and a quarter I was crushing what I was paying in the in the grocery store anyway. And I'm like, wait a minute, I'm getting clean meat. There's no drugs in this stuff. It's fresh. It's local. So it hasn't traveled all over the universe to get to me, right? I'm winning, actually. I made a $150 investment into a deep freezer. That was the cost. So I recouped that cost within, I don't know, a whopping two orders. I recouped that cost. So within the time frame that we got started with Joel Salton sourcing that food locally, and you could do the same thing with any other farmer. They would love to sell you a bulk load of meat at a time and to set up a schedule with them. They're like, okay, we expect to see you back, you know, once a quarter, every six months. This allows that local farmer to run a more sustainable operation. And you're paying someone who's going to be happy that you're doing business with them. You're gonna see the instant impact locally and your dollar stays local. It just helps everyone in the cycle as well as yourself. Um, so I'm, you know, we made those sacrifices and they weren't that difficult to do. Next move was, how do we do this and make, bring the money down even more? You go find a buddy, right? You go find a family member who also is understanding that where they're at with their health is not working out and they need to source some things locally and you're, you're bringing them into the fold. So now I can get half of a cow at this point drive drive my drive my price point down even further right you're paying like four dollars a pound at this point tell me where you're going to go find a filet mignon for four dollars a pound in your grocery store you're not you're not going to so there's ways to get the budget aligned but you know even in that token brad you know most countries spend upwards of 15 to 20 percent of their income on food except the united states most people in the united states i believe the study said they spend 10% or less on food, which means they spend 10% or less on their real health, but they're pay probably paying 20 or 30% into the healthcare system. Right. Right? So I don't pay into the healthcare system. I pay into my health right. instead. I believe that we either, we either are gonna pay for it now or we're gonna pay for it later. Yeah. And so are there investment of time and energy and focus and paying attention, if your joints ache, if you're you're getting headaches, you you uh, you're short of breath, all these different things have solutions to them. And so part of the reason why I wanted to have Ken on the podcast here is because one of the things that I think is really essential to be able to achieve better health is to have the motivation to be able to do what it is that you want to do. But you have to have the knowledge, you have to have the understanding of what it is that you need to do but then you have to be able to execute 
And a lot of times people get stuck because either they get stuck in paralysis, you know, what do they say, analysis paralysis, oh, yeah. or, or they just, they lose their steam. And so to have some sort of accountability to what it is that you're doing, that's part of what Ken does. And so we're gonna talk a little bit more about that. But all of these things about food, and there's so many people out there that wanna lose weight, they're, they're inflamed around, you can just see it. You people see people walking around, they, you think that it's a big belly, that's all inflammation. Yeah. And so you have to get that inflammation down. You got to get the body moving in the right direction because you know what? We're not always going to be this age. We're going to get older. And as we get older, that weight is going to weigh down on our frame and it's going to start breaking it down. And so you may not be able to see exactly what the problem is right now, but you know what? It's going to catch up to you. And I don't want that to happen to you. So if you're already on the path and you're already doing healthy things for yourself in your life, it's just really a matter of just fine tuning it. Maybe you're doing half the things right. It's just really getting a little bit more specific. So we're gonna talk a little bit about that. And I also want you to talk a little bit about what is it that you're doing with your clients? What is it that, what is it that you're hearing from them or that they need in order to be able to stick with their plans? Oh, wow. You know. It does vary, but I would say at the core of everything, which is how I design my programs, I'll say it this way first, and then we'll kind of break that down. They need, every client needs a systematic approach with an individualized design. They need to understand there's a pathway of opportunity that's proven, but they need it to be catered to them. And that's where is this is missing in much of medicine today, and that we're not willing to stand back, take in the whole person, the whole lifestyle impact, you know, how they're working, how, you know, kids, how many, uh, you know, how are they raised, were they breastfed, looking at this holistic approach to everything about that person and understanding what they've done in the past. Like, what have you done? Like, to try to get to where you are now. I've done this, it didn't work. I've done that, it didn't work. Okay, let's talk about that a little more. People need help in us understanding them first like spending some time with them, which is very hard to get in today's um, medical platform, time, right? We do two things that we need, we time need time and, and money, time and money right? right? So I give them the time, we investigate what, what has not worked, what has worked for them in the past, um, what got them off the rails, right? And having them reflect on that experience to be able to understand how to formulate a plan of opportunity to move forward something that they become part of, not just slap it on the table and go, here's the plan you need to go, good luck. It needs to be their plan too, because the plan that they are part of, they can actually implement. They can hold themselves to, they can have some integrity within that process because it is of them. It's not outside of them, it's of them. It's not like you're imposing a plan on right. them. You know, people that, you know, it's even like, you know, when they build a building, they have a plan first. Yes. And so in our lives, sometimes we, we fail to do the initial thinking necessary in order to be able to execute a good plan. Yes. And I think, you know, overall, what I see from my clients when they come back and say what they really like is, you know, Ken didn't put me on diet X, Y, or Z, right? He listened to me. He got to understand my likes, my dislikes, my concerns, my failures, my triumphs, and put together a customized opportunity for me to succeed. That's the most important part. People need success. And so, you know, in my pathway that I work with clients, it's a 10-day cycle. So you can do anything for 10 days, is what I like to say. You know, we can get anything done for 10 days. So we move in 10-day cycles. Um, in my platinum program, we connect every week. So we're literally getting biofeedback every week in that, in that consultation that we hold so that we can understand all right, we're three quarters of the way through this 10-day cycle. How's it been? What are, our, what are our wins? What are our failures? You know, what are our measurements right now? So we're constantly um, tracking and evaluating the individual holistically. You know, how is your attitude? Um, how is your energy levels doing? All of these are biofeedback to, um, for us to understand how we're moving forward based on whatever elements they're trying to correct. And so without them being able to have someone reflect on that with them, it's hard to keep your motivation up. But if I'm there and I'm saying, oh, you've got this happening right now, oh, that's a great indicator of X, Y, or Z. Oh, you've done this, oh, that's good. 
oh, you didn't lose any weight this week, but you dropped an inch around the waistline. That's excellent, right? That's a big win. Um, depending on the individual, they may not understand where their wins are. So I'm also help, you know, I'm not there just, you know, I'm not a, the type of health coach or consultant that's there to beat you down, right? I'm there to hold you accountable, right? Uh, help you um, maintain your integrity, and then also show you where your victories are so that we can keep winning together. Um, and that's ultimately where I think, you know, the type of service that I provide and others provide in this arena brings the most value and why it's becoming more popular for people to pick up a health coach or a consultant to work with because they can't get it done by themselves. This is a little complicated, this thing called body, diet, um, and, and getting all this lifestyle factors built in together. Someone needs to be able to do a 30,000-foot 30, view on this and also drill down at the right times to focus on things like move manipulation uh, and to help them move through systems, processes, um, tool sets that will work for them specifically, right? So some people might say, oh, um, I work with health coach X who gave me the shake, right? And then they disappeared after they gave me the shake. That's not a health coach, all right? That's not a health consultant. That's a distributor. You should call a spade a spade. Then there's um, someone who could succeed with that though. Maybe that was the catalyst. All they needed was that shake to help them kind of piece, piece pieces together. Maybe it led them down an opportunity to investigate and educate themselves more but I wouldn't say that's the average person, okay? The average person needs the resources, someone to go, here are resources to read. Like that guy gave me a reference to kind of, and that, that changed my life. That book got me to read more books. I don't know how many books I've read on this stuff at this point because of that one offering, right? Just shifted my mind a bit to go, oh, people need to study this, yeah. And so all my clients need to study, right? There's an education phase. You need to get educated. Then there's a preparation phase, and then there's an application phase. This is all very important for us to understand that there's a systematic approach to success. That's what everybody, they just want to succeed. They just want to win, right? They just want to win at this thing. People stop because they're sick of failing, you know, at the end of the day. So as long as we're building an approach, um, individualized to that person, constant testing and measurement along the way, validation, is really critical. Are we validating the things that we're doing? Are we just moving through some minutia of things and not really seeing what the results that we need to see? And then be willing to also, you know, part of my responsibility is to refer them out when certain when certain things pop up that are more severe than nutrition can compromise for or consultation can compromise for. They may have another medical condition that is popping up that they may not have known they had. Um, this is an awesome opportunity to find another um, another beneficial practitioner and to leverage them in this process and to kind of I consider myself a you know kind of a hub spoke mentality. That's why I work with chiropractors, naturopaths, um, uh, Reiki's, and you name it. You know all these different opportunities we have in natural wellness. Different clients need different things. You know some some of my clients, most of my clients are actually business owners and senior executives. So mindset, kind of a big deal with those types of folks, right? High energy, high performance, how do we get that in our life? How do we maintain our discipline uh, to move things forward for ourselves and take it very seriously and navigate certain lifestyle factors? Sales executives, for example, I build a lot of the protocols, the things that I preach from the standpoint of being a traveling senior uh, sales executive while I was healing my body. So when I got out, when I shut my business down um, in, the financial, in the financial space, I went to work in sales for IT. And so I did that up, you know, for about seven years. And that's where I continued to better myself was on the most, I would consider like the most austere environment is to try to correct your health while you're going to travel. It's not exactly easy to navigate the wild. Sure. You know, because you're out of your safe zone. You don't have all your perfect foods and vegetables at you know at home you've got to go navigate your choices in the wild and then you've got to make compensating factors with some types of supplementation sometimes to deal with that you know um you know well, how do you think about I, I think that you know people oftentimes think that they can do this themselves oh yeah and i would tell you from for myself there's a lot i i've learned a lot i've been i've been on this path now for 
for over 30 years. Yes. And so I'm, I understand my own body, I understand, you know, from an exercise or a food standpoint or a sleep or, you know, um, uh, how to manage my stress level. And so incorporating a team of people, and it doesn't necessarily have to be, um, it doesn't have to break the bank. You know, I have chiropractic patients that come in once a week, every other week, once a month, once a quarter, twice a year. I don't really recommend twice a year, but you know, I think that we, we meet our challenge where it is that we can actually engage. And I, I remember hearing somebody recently, they were talking about, you know, where's the kind of lowest barrier of entry? Mm -hmm. How can we get people involved? And so for, for Ken here, where it's like, wow, a book, a book changed his life. The $10 book, it changed his <laughs> life, you know? It doesn't have to be a hundred or a thousand dollars. My, you know, uh, you know, a friend of ours was, was hospitalized and he, and for three days and he had an $8,000 bill. How healthy did that make them? Not very much. So, you know, we have to get smarter in our lives to be able to be able to strategically um, be able to get really clear about what it is that we're trying to accomplish and get the support around us so that we can actually do that. So, so if somebody was to talk a little bit about your, your process with people, like, you know, you, somebody calls you and they say, I'm really interested in, in doing this. And I would also say that, that not all health coaches are the same. Just like not all dentists are the same, not all doctors are the same, not all chiropractors are the same. You know, you ever had a bad haircut? I'm sure you have. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, sometimes not all hairstylists are the same. So, so when you're trying to find somebody who's a professional, they really know what they're doing, and, and sometimes you get what you pay for. You know, again, we, I don't know anything about what, how much it costs to do things with Ken here, but I tell you that the investment in yourself, just like investing in food, investing in knowledge, is really, really key to this process. Yeah, you know, that first phone call that I take is... Are they scared? <laughs> yeah, they should be. I think you should be when you call, you know, you're like, hey, uh, you're calling me for most of my business is word of mouth. So it's like when people call me, they're like, okay, so you're the get it done guy. I'm like, yeah, like, you know, I specialize in lifestyle change. I don't specialize in dropping five to 10 pounds for an event. I could help you with that, but that's not what I, that's not my focus. My focus on let's go do the work. Like, let's get it done. Let's lock this down and change your life for life and change your family's life and your friend's life because you're going to be a beacon of health as we move through this process. They're going to be watching you. They're going to learn from you and you're going to be able to teach them some things. So my ultimate goal when they get on that first phone call, it's like, do you want to become independently healthy? Is that something that. you want? I love that. Because that's what I provide. I provide the path to allow you to have the tools, the resources, the knowledge, and fortitude to become independently healthy. You're going to own it after we're done, after we get through this process. And some people can't take that. They're not ready for that. That's not my client. My client is the person who's had enough of the BS. They've had enough of the keto, the paleo, the vegan, the whatever the hot new diet is that they're gonna try and manipulate and fail at to truly figure out health for themselves and how to find balance within themselves to achieve the goals that they have within their health and their life. Um, that's what that first meeting is all about. And so moving from there into, yes, I wanna do this. Okay, you're, we, we can properly align you're ready to be coached, you're ready to be consulted, great. Some clients come to me and they're not ready for coaching. And so I will consult with them if they're looking for a consultant to maybe help them build a plan, to do the proper analysis, to still get them a plan, a, a plan of execution. But maybe not ready for coaching yet, that's not a problem. We can still help, right? Um, and some don't need coaching. They're highly motivated, they're doing the work. They're like, just need the pieces put together a little better. Like, can you help me with this puzzle? Like, yeah, I love puzzles. Let's put the puzzle together and boom, puzzle solved. Now you're, now you're good to go. Um, but I would say on the average client, like my process starts with a detailed analysis. There's two major ones. There's a holistic lifestyle nutrition assessment that I do. It's a pretty long document. It's probably about 10 pages long. And then there's a biochemical analysis that I uh, do on my clients as well. And this allows me to truly understand comprehensively 
about their nutrition deficiencies and where they lie. Now that's not a type of blood test. This is a um, 600 question um, document that they work through systematically to identify certain deficiencies, whether it be fats, amino acids, minerals, vitamins, and all that good stuff, mm -hmm. all the technical details, and leads me down a path to be able to marry both this technical assessment and this lifestyle assessment, mm -hmm. melt them together. That's the data on paper. Then we sit down for an hour and a half. And then we go through this and then we dig deeper and find out the, you know, where are the addictions coming from? Is there any emotional stress eating going on? Where is that rooted from? Things that we're gonna have to work on. They also do a goal assessment. And the goal assessment is a year long, right? It doesn't mean they're gonna work with me for a year. Most of my clients typically work with me for 90 to 90 days to six months. Um, however, some may come back and they, they may retain me just for like, and I like to check in with you once or twice a month as I'm still working through some lifestyle things um, to get things dialed in, and that's totally fine too. But that three to six month opportunity is very focused on nailing those goals. I like, I'm a big advocate of crushing goals. So when we do the goal worksheet, I get so excited because <laughs> I partner with every one of my clients right. and I love winning, right? So I'm like, if you wanna work with a winner, you're in the right place because when you fail, I fail, and I don't really like to fail. Like, I don't. And so, like, if you're telling me, like, yeah, you know, this weekend, I kind of let my guard down, and, you know, I had four glasses of wine. I'm like, well, why are you having wine, John? You, you, we're not doing wine right now. Right. Wine is not on our list, right? And it just, But just, you're no fun. Yeah. I'm fun. I'm fun at victory, right? You know, there's fun in the victory, and there's fun in the achievement. And ultimately, when we're moving through behavior shift, we have to correlate fun, like positive versus negative disposition. Like, why are you on this path of doing something that's destroying you that you find fun, right, or positive, when there's this other dispositional path that we need to move to that you perceive as lacking? It's not so much fun. I'm, that doesn't look good to do. It looks hard. It's pain associated with it. But the ultimate objective of my job is to shift that. To where you're choosing more of that other pattern because you can see and feel the fun and the good out of it out of making that life change because your relationships got better you're performing better at work your numbers are getting better um, you're having more energy to hang out with your kids at the end of the day and not just become a blob on the couch when you get into work that day right um, you're not having those bad women's at the bathroom anymore and so on and so forth it's about shifting that perspective to understand there's a lot of great opportunity in this, what you perceive as pain today, that will become ultimately your present or principal, and you can still visit those other things, right? And I think that's ultimately where, as we grow older, most of my clients are typically between 38 and up, right? So they've kind of been there, done it, worked hard, they've gotten to a certain level of disposition in their careers or in their businesses, or they're starting something new, um, maybe second phase of life that they're getting to at this time. So they need all their resources. They need to fire on all cylinders. And I love to ask my clients, when's the last time you felt your body fire on all cylinders? Like you get up hungry to meet the day. You get your workouts in. You're stellar at work. You're, you have focus. You don't have brain fog. Um, your, your vocabulary is coming back, right? <laughs> like you can find words again. You're not stumbling over everything that you say. And all of those are indicators of our, of our health degrading over time. And so, you know, we move through that. We talk about movement. We talk about and explore spirituality, you know, within ourselves. You know, how do we root what we're doing to our existence being a purpose? Because a lot of times people are doing something because they saw someone else do it. Well, that doesn't hold you into a lifestyle very long because you don't get to hang out with that person, right? That's not the five people that influence you the most. Oh, and you may lose some friends. In this process, yes, you yes. will you will lose some friends. They will just disown you a, a bit. They, you will not get the phone call. You will not get the invites to certain things. But you may make some new friends, right? I had I had a patient yesterday tell me she said her she has friends that are saying, "When are you going to start eating this stuff again?" <laughs> 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 I'm like, you know, it's it's amazing it's like, because That's it's hilarious. like, and, and again, sometimes you, you really have to change your friend group because <laughs> nine 
not everybody is going to understand that you're holding yourself to this higher standard yes. and that, you know what, that's what's important. And, and I'm actually at the point where I'm getting pleasure from what it is that I'm doing. Yes, yes, that is great. <laughs> I, it's actually one of the questions that it was the first time this year um, I have a client I work with right now, she, she's Italian. And so she had a lot of typical Italian eating problems. American Italian, not Italy Italian, American Italian. So we've worked through a lot of those things. And one day she asked me something very similar, just cracking up. She was like, okay, so, so when do I go eat normal again? And I'm like, you're doing it. Like, <laughs> like you are eating normal right now. Look at everything that's working for you. You've dropped like 40 pounds in less than three months. Your inflammation's gone. You're thinking better. You're doing all this great stuff. You've dropped like five dress sizes. Like, give me a break. Like, you want to go back? Right. Why would you go back? Right. Just so, give me, so, give me some good so, reasons. So what did she say to that? She didn't have any good reasons. Right. I'm like, well, why would you go back? Give me some great reasons of opportunity right. as why you want to do that. Right. And so the first one was because, well, I love being social. I'm like, you know, there's all types of, I said, most people don't like being social. They like stuffing their mouth full of stuff to keep from being social. Social is about interacting with people. It's not just about eating and drinking. That's just something we've made up along the way. And it's become the center point of socializing. Socializing is just eating and sitting now. Right. When I was coming up, we were talking about this, me and my wife, about Thanksgiving. You know, what are we going to do for Thanksgiving this year? And the first thing that we decided was, well, we're going to have everybody over and we're going to have games. We're going to start with gaming in the beginning. So come over early, we're going to do lots of games so we can actually socialize and actually interact with each other and have some it. fun, right? Um, and we're not doing that enough in America anymore. Everything is all centered around bringing the food and just eating and then watching television. It's horrible. Right. Like what, our, our nation was not that way and that, that's kind of how we are now. And we need to become a more active nation, a thinking nation, a nation that cares about each other and wants to learn about each other and not just go, hey, haven't seen you in a year. Let's sit down and eat this animal. Yeah. You know, have some vegetables and when we get to dessert and coffee and we're out, right? Right. right. Um, so it was funny going over that with her because she, she clearly got to see you as we had the conversation. She wasn't being social. She was literally going there to drink. That kind of came out for her. She was like, I didn't realize that that's, I just like to go there to drink. I was like, so you go there to escape. You didn't actually go there to socialize at all. Isn't that a little different? So just kind of picking up on those pieces of the, of the puzzle. You know, everybody has their thing, right? Nobody, I have a saying in, in my practice, which is nobody gets out of this thing unscathed. We're gonna bump some knees, we're gonna scrape some elbows, you might get a knock on your head, all right? No one walks into this not addicted to something. You're here because something is pulling you a certain way that you don't have any control over. And it could be alcohol, it could be caffeine, it could be Sugar. sugars and toxins and chemicals and foods you don't even know exist. Um, that or, are pulling or, or sleeping way. only four hours a night and and, and, and and burning the candle at both ends. Absolutely, you know, um, pushing yourself to a type personality. I, I did that. Yes, I did that for years. Yes, I did that. That was a big part of my problem too. I still have to watch. I still have to check myself for that. I, I like to do a lot. It doesn't mean I should. I just like to, and so I have to be careful with my time and make sure that I'm getting my proper rest as well. Because it's one of the things that I'll chalk my chalk it up. You know, ah. Oh, I'll burn the midnight oil tonight, but you can only do that so much before it catches up with you. It's not the way to really roll. There was a, um, uh, I was listening to an interview with uh, Ariana Huffington from Huffington mm -hmm. Post, and she wrote a book called Thrive because she was working these crazy hours, sleeping only a couple hours a night, and she literally collapsed and hit her head on a glass table. And well, I think she shattered her nose or her face or something like that. The fact is, you know, we, we have to we have to balance our lives and we think that we can go nonstop. And I did that for many, many years. I was on three, four hours a night and I was actually functioning really, really high, so I thought it was okay. And then I started sleeping more and I realized what I was missing. Yeah. <laughs> it's a game changer. It is a game changer. It's a game changer. I love working on sleep. I remember um, one of my first skinny clients totally skinny, he's like 6'1", 140 pounds. So he came to me to gain muscle. He was like, I wanna gain some weight. I'm 45, I've never been able to do it, I haven't figured it out. You can't gain weight because he didn't sleep. There's no rest, there's no repair, right? So all the great things you do during the day, you eat the right things, you do the right workouts, you don't sleep, you don't get it. 
you don't get the benefits from it or a very small portion of it because there's so many biochemical rhythms that have to happen that are dependent on that rest and repair at night. So you may stimulate all that action during the day and get the proper hormonal responses kicking up and moving forward and then you shut them down because you don't get the right kind of rest at night. You don't get restorative rest, you know, restorative sleep or deep REM sleep at night. So you toast it. Um, he, for example, was able to get sleep after he removed every stimulant. He wasn't sleeping because he was a smoker and a, and a caffeine drinker and he had poor food choices. He called me back. I remember this like it was actually, it was so funny. He called me back and was like, I have slept 11 hours. He's never slept 11 hours in his life. <laughs> he goes, and I have done that for two days in a row and I don't even know who I am. He didn't even know who he was. Like, I am in a whole new place. He went from sleeping two to three hours a night to 11 hours. That's how bad his body needed rest. That's how bad his cellular function was just disrupted. And he goes, I, I kind of pull myself out of a bit of a cloud right now, but I feel much better. I'm like, I bet you do. I bet you do feel much better. Amazing. Sleep is, Amazing. A, sleep is our sleep is our gift man we, it's, sleep it's, is a gift it's so it's so underrated in our society and you know what if you just decide and a lot of times what i'll tell people to do is do it for a week mm -hmm. do it for 30 days you know people have trouble giving giving up their vice yes so set some short-term goals for yourself and again maybe you're not ready yet to engage this beast over here but <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, listen, I think that, you know, part of the purpose for this podcast is to bring the truth to you. Because the fact is, everything that I'm teaching you, all these podcasts that we're doing, is really about laying the foundation for the principles, the practice, the mindset, and the discipline that you need in order to be able to achieve your goals. Because nobody's going to do it for you. Oh, no. You have to do it, but you don't have to do it alone. And so people like Ken, people like myself... I hire coaches all the time. I go and take classes and I get advice from people who know more than I do. And so this has been really amazing. I hope you found this incredibly helpful. I think that everybody should be hiring people in order to be able to help them in their, in their lives. And it doesn't have to cost a lot, but setting some small goals and maybe in 2019, not that you need to start in January 1st. In fact, I would tell you to start today Whatever, whatever today is, today is the day that you need to start. And so finding people that can actually help you in your lives. And if, if Ken is somebody that resonates with you and you think that he may be able to really help you, he has a whole team of people that can help you. So I think this is amazing. And, you know, when we really get down to it, we have a goal. We have a mindset. We think we want something and we go get it. That's it. It's not any more complicated than that. But, you know, sometimes we talk ourselves out of the very thing that we want. Oh, it's going to be too hard. It's too expensive. Nobody's, uh, you know, the people around me are not going to accept me for that. I may need to change my friends. Change is hard sometimes. But you know what? You can do this. You can do this. And over the course of your, uh, of, of your career, Ken, with, with your clients, you know, um, tell me, tell me a couple of just really dramatic cases of people of transplant transformation. Oh, transformation is, 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 is a big deal. One of my favorite ones is to see people come off of medications, right? Dropping six to seven medications in, in this one particular case. Um, they had every chemical cocktail that's known in the world right now, uh, multiple gut, uh, medications, anxiety and depression medications. Um, diabetic medications, all that stuff being delivered and they come up all. That's a beautiful thing. That's huge. That's impactful. Um, recent case of a, of a diabetic who um, levels, A1C levels were in the eight, were down to the normal within 60 days. You know, off of meds, done, changed his life. He's been dealing with that forever. Um, person was dealing with anxiety and depression medication for 22 years, off done uh, not using those anymore after 90 days of working with us it's it's just about getting the right support you know people need to feel supported nutrition plays a part in that also relationship plays, plays a part in that and understanding that you can you can actually do this and have a hand to kind of guide you through the fire um, which is really important
weight is always coming off in Google at home. So that's just a normal thing. Um, I don't really focus on weight management more so than I focus on getting the body healthy and the human mindset appropriate to release weight. You will naturally release it when you do the right things. If you start off like I did and went to go lose the weight, you lose a little bit of weight, get a lot of other stuff you don't want because uh, you're too focused on that. Get focused on fixing your body, fix the health that you have, and weight will take care of itself. Just making the better choices. Beautiful. Well, maybe if you can if you can leave with leave us with a parting thought, something. What's a piece of wisdom or something that has really helped you in your own life that keeps you going? keeps you focused on what it is that you're trying to do for yourself, for your family, for your friends, and for your clients? The best thing that I could leave is we all have a responsibility as humans to help another human. If the actions that you take for yourself are so impactful that other people pay attention to it, they may be able to attach themselves to it. So we owe a responsibility when we decide to make a change in our lives that's positive to be a beacon for others to shine our light onto others. I'm not changing what I do. I'm always striving to become better in my health uh, in my, and in my life because I understand that people are watching me and they're depending on me to remain consistent where they may not be so that they have an opportunity of example to attach themselves to and to understand it's just a human. He's made a lot of mistakes. He's done a lot of good and I'm gonna be here uh, to help others to do the same. And every one of us has that responsibility. You don't have to become a professional health coach, but I believe each one of us that goes through a shift in our health should be coaching others in some way, shape, or form. So take that responsibility, put it on your shoulders. It'll help you stay true. Beautiful. I'm Dr. Brad Wolf. This is Living Max Health, where we're transforming world health before your eyes. It's time to get into action. We're going into a new year here shortly. Take it upon yourself to raise your level, to raise your standard, and up your game. We're here to help you. Stay tuned. Get engaged in the conversation. We're so happy that you watched. Thank you so much.